This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Taco Tuesday edition of Bosnerly's Rush Hour. And we are chock full of news. Later today, a woman who is dominating headlines from coast to coast will join us. That would be Carrie Lake. Her case is going to proceed on the gubernatorial election in Arizona. We will hear directly from Carrie Lake later on in the program today. I'd like to begin, however, with some personal things, two items. The first is on Tuesday for many, many weeks, as you know, Mark Stein would join us. Mark Stein also does a television show over across the pond, And uh, Mark has been busy with that. He occasionally goes overseas and takes a break from his time with us just because of time differences and so forth. And then when he comes home, he rejoins us. Well, this time it's been extended. And what we understood was, thank you to Mark's, Mark's staff, to Melissa and the rest of Mark's staff, that Mark wasn't feeling well. And we didn't know any of the details. Now we know the details. Mark Stein has had two heart attacks, folks. Mark Stein is now speaking out. He is recovering from having two heart attacks. Mark is saying that um, he didn't recognize the first one as such. He's not on TV right now. He says he's too medicated to manage artful evasions. I had two heart attacks. Because I didn't recognize the first one as such, the second one was rather more severe. He said that um, he doesn't look right, but the good news is that the first heart attack occurred when he was in London. Because if you get a chance to see that day's Mark Stein show with hindsight, he didn't look quite right in close-ups. By not recognizing it as a heart attack, I definitely avoided being one of those stories we feature on the show every couple of nights about how people in the U.K. calling emergency and being left in the street for 15 hours before an ambulance shows up. He had his second heart attack in France. And as he was being helped into the ambulance, Autry, who was with him, the person with him, said that He was, later she told him, he was 15 minutes away from death. He's going to remain in France over the Christmas period, the new year, 
And when he is recovered enough, Mark will be back in New Hampshire. Of course, we send our love and prayers to Mark. Mark is not only a good friend, Mark is probably the best known of the guest host for the Rush Limbaugh Show. America's undocumented anchorman. He is a superman of media. He is an author. He is a media personality in his own right, in both television, radio. And those of you who listen to Mark Stein know that there is no one on the planet today alive that has the incredible breadth of international knowledge that Mark has, along with an incredible wit. Mark is a unique human being. He's been involved. The left has taken fit to try to sue him, he being the subject of the Commonwealth under Canadian law. He he represented himself. He has been in a long-running legal contention with one of the global warming alarmists for years. And again, he is just a remarkably intelligent human being who can argue anything, who can argue his position in anything extremely well. But beyond all of that, his knowledge, his his breadth of intellect, which I am in awe of, Mark is one of the most gentle men, a true gentleman, a lover of the arts. He sings. He knows about the art. He performs. He is he's a renaissance man in everything. He's there is no other person on earth. He you know, he was the perfect guest host for Rush because Mark Stein is just as powerful a media personality as Rush was in terms of his abilities. He, Mark Stein is probably one of the most well-rounded, knowledgeable people on this planet. If you read his works, you will see that. And he's a dear, dear man. And I love Mark Stern. He's just an incredible human being, and we are all praying for his complete recovery. And thank God, I'm going to tell you something. If we had lost Mark, I don't know, I, I, I can't even think of it right now. After what we've been through losing Rush, I just couldn't even think of that. So I'm very grateful that God has chosen to keep Mark here with us. I have another dear friend that I just learned moments before the show starts, Surly Mike. Surly Mike is a former football player, a professional. The team that he played on, it's a professional team. Uh, professional team. Those of you in New York would know it. Losers. Um, and Surly Mike has done many things besides play football. Right now, Surly Mike is the chief handmaiden <laughs> to our very own Princess Di. This is a guy who, uh, it's hard for me to describe him as well. If you, you can picture a guy that 
once overpaid his landscaper and then said to the landscaper, you got to pay me back. The landscaper didn't act quite fast enough, so Surly Mike charged him a VIG. And said, if you don't pay me back, you get the, right now, there's going to be a VIG, and I'm collecting. You don't know what a VIG is? It's a Sicilian term. It means you're going to pay exorbitant interest on the money. Yeah. Surly Mike. Surly Mike had a brush that could have gone a lot worse. We found out right before the show that, thankfully, the best possible uh, news for Surly Mike, and we are praying for his complete recovery. And I'll tell you something. He's Mr. Tough Guy, but he's one of the sweetest men on earth. Uh about 10, 15 years ago now, maybe somewhere in that, that time range, time flies by so quickly, I had double pneumonia. I, I caught it, I think, I was in Asia. I was coming back home, and I, I was soaking like I had been in a shower on the flight back from sweat and just everything and ended up going to work. And when I got back to work at the EIB network, my coworkers, demanded that I go to the hospital. Dawn Baczynski, in fact, called the ambulance, and and they ended up taking me to the hospital. Turns out I had double pneumonia and a blood clot on the the lung. And I didn't even have a vaccine then. Uh, A blood clot. And Shirley Mike at the time was lived at the, on the other coast of Florida, upper, upper rich coast of Florida. Surly Mike heard that I, uh, Michael Loco is his name, heard that I had had double pneumonia. He got in his car and drove immediately to where I was in South Florida. Took him a while to get there. Came in the hospital room and would not leave. The medical staff got him a chair, a recliner, and he stayed in that recliner all night and said, I'm not leaving you, and was there in case I had to try to get up to go to the bathroom or anything. He wouldn't leave, and he was there until he knew that I was going to recover. You don't find friends like this everywhere. He is one of the dearest men I've ever met in my life, and I'm so grateful to God that Sterling Mike is going to be around with us a while longer, too. So this has been a day of incredible gratitude for me. Mark Stein is here with us, my friends, and Sterling Mike is here with me and here with his wife and family who love him dearly. So I got my Christmas early today with that information, and um, all of us, I'm sure, have so much to be thankful for in our lives, but today's been a day of real gratitude for me. I appreciate it. Carrie Lake is coming up. Your calls we're going to take early. So if you want to comment on anything, and there are plenty of things to comment about, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-WABC. 
The Republican Party are pushing through an omnibus spending package that is typical Washington, D.C. Wait till you hear some of the things in it. We have learned that the FBI has paid Twitter over $3 million so that they could continue their censoring ways and picking and suppressing the thoughts of conservatives. If you are traveling over the Christmas and Hanukkah holidays, if you are traveling, please be aware that there is a winter storm that could very much affect your journeys. There is a report today from the Gateway Pundit that Paul Ryan knew that the Department of Justice was spying on Representative Nunes and his staff and let it happen. I don't know whether we'll be able to get to that. There is a re, there is there's some complaining. By the way, this January 6th, Mitch McConnell made a comment today, pretty much we all know who was behind January 6th. There are two articles in the Washington Post to be aware of. One of them, the GOP is quietly Trump-proofing the system behind his back. There is so much news. We'll get to as much of it as we can and your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. It is Bo Snerly. It is Rush Hour. We are coming back right after this. Taco Tuesday. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are in the Hanukkah Christmas season on WABC Talk Radio 77. Bo Snerdley, James Golden with you, and Donnie Hathaway. <laughs> yeah, Jen is our, our our producer. Jen Grad is finding us a Hanukkah song. <clears throat> Jen. So hopefully, if not today, we'll have that tomorrow. Okay, a fierce winter storm, my friends, is uh, going to hit large parts of the lower forty-eight. It's due to arrive in a lot of places on Thursday, and that's going to Thursday's supposed to be the third busiest holiday traffic of the year, and many years apparently. One hundred and two million people are going to be driving around. Seven million are expected on the uh, the the flights, the planes. Others, several million, going to be using the trains and others, and we have this major storm coming in. So as you are preparing for your travel, please do not overlook the weather forecast. Don't just assume everything is going to be cozy, because it might not. You should try to make alternative plans if you can. 
Maybe some of you will want to get out of Dodge, wherever Dodge is, a little bit earlier or not. But certainly be aware and have contingencies. Make sure you have the things in your carry-on that you need if your baggage is checked somewhere. Make sure you have all your medicines and all your stuff like that in your carry-on so that you can have access to it in case you are delayed. Now, this omnibus spending bill, we've spoken with Chip Roy in the past few days. We also had a talk talk with Kevin Roberts, who, Dr. Roberts, who is the head of Heritage Foundation. And I can't understand for the life of me why the Democrats lose the House of Representatives and still act like they run everything in Washington. The sensible thing for the Republican Party to do would do a very short-term continuing resolution on the budget, and when they convene, come up with their own spending plan. Because, after all, constitutionally, in these United States of America, this republic, it is the House of Representatives that decides spending. That's where all spending originates, according to our Constitution. With the Republicans coming in, and now a matter of weeks, wouldn't it make sense, of course, for the Republicans to control the spending agenda and try to put a stop to some of the madness. But no, Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are anxious in helping the Democrats get whatever they want, apparently. I don't know how else you can look at it. So we've got this omnibus bill coming up, 12 big spending packages from the House rolled up into one massive, colossal spending bill, that will take us through September of next year, supposedly $1.85 trillion, almost $2 trillion in spending, on top of the debt that we're already carrying in this nation. Here are some of the things that you're going to be paying for, and these are just some of the little things that you're going to be paying for. There are other huge items, but I want to bring your attention. I want you to just some of the things you're going to be paying for. Because Republicans just have to help help Democrats cave. They just have to cave in. There's $1.2 million for an LGBTQIA plus pride center and support services for DACA recipients in San Diego Community College. Another half million almost for the Equity Institute in Rhode Island. That's going to be used to indoctrinate. This is according to the Daily Signal to indoctrinate teachers with anti-racism virtual labs. Sounds remarkably like CRT. A million dollars for Zora's house in Ohio, a co-working and community space for women and gender expansive people of color. Those of you in New York, home with the Democrat leadership, Hakeem Jeffries, Chuck Schumer, both from Brooklyn, will be glad to know that $3 million has been earmarked for the American LGBTQ Museum in New York City. Another $3.6 million is going to go for Michelle Obama Trail. Michelle Obama is going to get her own trail somewhere in Georgia, Georgia. And we're going to spend almost $4 million on the Michelle Obama trail. In Albany, New York, again, New York gets some more dough, another 750 Gs. 
for the LGBTQ and gender nonconformer housing, special housing for people based on their sexual preference. $2 million is going in Baltimore. Do you think it's going to go in this failing Baltimore schools? No. Do you think it's going to go for housing or anything like that, which is needed in Baltimore? No. That $2 million is going to go for a project called Great Blacks and Wax, I guess a wax museum for black folks. Gee, just what's needed there in Baltimore, $2 million of your tax money. And that's before the reparations come. Another $865,000 for more money for New York on top of the $3 million, on top of the 750000 for an LGBTQ center. The TIA, the IA, or whatever it is, don't get any of that, I guess. In Los Angeles, another 750 Gs for the Trans-Latin Coalition. That money is going for workforce development programs and supportive services for transgender and gender nonconforming and intersex immigrant women. What are you laughing at, Scott? Nothing I can talk about. (laughs) Okay, for $2 million in Washington, D.C., something called MLK Labor, an affiliate of the AFL-CIO that expelled Seattle police officers from their union. That money, $2 million in Washington State. Another 965000 for the Equity Incubator at the universities at Shady Grove in Maryland. It's just what, some, what, is, what is that? I don't know. Is, that, is, it, is it something that incubates equity, or is it supposed something that equitably incubates babies? It incubates equity, I guess. Okay. And then there's 791000 for the Equitable Energy Reliance and EV Infrastructure that's going to Sonoma, California. That's just some of the money earmarked in this massive almost $2 trillion in spending that the Republicans can't wait to give to the Democrats. Their wish list. Now, our corrupt FBI... The FBI handled nearly handed nearly $3.5 million of taxpayer money to Twitter. You wonder how Twitter stayed afloat? The FBI was giving them millions of dollars of your money so that they can then crush conservative voices, so that then they could crush nonconforming vo- voices. Like if people actually had something to say about the vaccines, for instance, that they didn't like, or the way COVID was being handled, or anything else. That money came from the FBI over to Twitter. There was a staffer emailing then general counsel, Sean Edgett, and then deputy general counsel Jim Baker with the FBI. The subject of the email read, run the business, we made money. And they're talking about the money that they made coming from the FBI so that they could help keep voices 
censored. You tell me we don't need investigations. We need investigations, and I mean big time. For those of you who don't know, the charges that the J6 committee has referred to the Justice Department, if they were fully realized, there's a story today that they would, here's the headline, rather than me just tell you what it says, let me read the headline. This is from today in BizPack Review. Trump could face 40 years if convicted. Partisan J6 panel sets its sights on Ivanka. Now they've got Donald Trump. Now they're going after Donald Trump's daughter. You can find that story in BizPack Review. Read all about it. Read all about it. BizPackReview.com. James Golden, a.k.a. Snyder. We've got to take a break. We want to leave as much time for Kerry Lake as possible, so we'll be right back in a moment. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Joe, what's the name of this one? Get on the mic, Joe. This is Detroit Rock City by Kiss. Aha. We have a birthday from Kiss today. Peter Chris from Kiss. 77. 77? Yep, he's 77 years old. WABC. I have a very funny Kiss story, but I don't have time to do it. One of my dear friends. Used to go out with Gene Simmons. Except she didn't know he was in Kiss when they met. And she she was like totally oblivious to who Kiss was, which I guess was one of the reasons that he was attracted to her. She didn't she had no idea that he was a member of KISS. And I have to get her on one day to tell the story. It is so funny when she found out. I'll tell you what, let's take some phone calls now so that we have time to spend with Kerry Lake. Let's go to Cool Whip in the Bronx. Cool Whip, hello. You're on WABC, Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Hey, Bo, what's up? How are you? Um, listen, I just cannot take this anymore. I just can't take this anymore with this with this uh, um, cringy Pierre. I mean, like like Curtis says, how, you don't trust anybody with three names. And she is a, she is definitely... Definitely left um, showing that. I mean, yesterday she has the nerve to say that the borders are not open and the people who are saying it are open are just helping the smugglers. I mean, when, when, when my grandmother started talking like that, it was time to put her away. <laughs> She's taking a lot of heat over those uh, words, too. But who is she taking the heat from? She's taking the heat from people like you, taking the heat from... Uh, politicians on the right who say, Miss, you must be crazy. But look, this is a line. Yesterday we reported that uh, ABC's star reporter, Martha Raddatz, is also singing this tune that it's the Republicans who are responsible for this collapse at the border of enforcement, 
She said, because we're the ones that talk about open borders, and that makes the immigrants come here. Never mind that this administration refuses to enforce the law. That doesn't mean anything to this senior dinosaur reporter at ABC News, Martha Raddatz. No, it's Republicans. It's Trump's fault. They can look at everything that happened under Donald Trump and how we had, we were finally getting some controls at the nation's border. They ignored that. They ignored every bit of it. Instead, they focused on how xenophobic, awful, evil it was to actually talk about building the wall. And now what we hear is, well, of course we don't have open borders, which is a blatant lie. We have a crisis. The Supreme Court did step in at the last minute. And I'm glad you mentioned that so that we can, in case you didn't know, the Supreme Court has now put a hold on getting rid of the Trump-era Title 42 which would have created a border catastrophe. So right now it's still just a a crisis. But this Karim Jean-Pierre has lied consistently about the border, and of course they don't want to tell the truth because the truth is unflattering to Joe Biden and his minions. Let us go to Oceanside, and Mike, how are you? Mike, welcome. Hey, hey, Bo, how are you? I want to say happy Taco Tuesday, and I have two questions for you real quick. Number one, I saw one of the women on The View referring to white Republican suburban housewives to roaches, okay? That means she's comparing my mother, my grandmother, my wife, my daughter, and I don't like that. Was she suspended? Was she fired? Was she, did something, did they do anything to her? Because how, how dare she talk about people's wives? I'm from downtown Brooklyn, and that's crossing the line, big time. Mm-hmm. What's number two? And then I'll respond to both. No, okay. Right. Number two is uh, about two years ago, a year and a half ago, I saw that uh, Pelosi lady, woman, uh, she thanked George Floyd for giving up his life. Now, I never knew he was in the service. Does anybody know what part of the military that he was in that he gave up his life? Did anybody question well, that? A lot of people questioned it at the time. It was a statement that she did not back down from, to my knowledge. Um, and this is, look, this is just the way that the Democrat Party elite think. As for the comments made about American women on The View, it is apparent to anyone that watches that pro or should be from just what is reported from what the women on The View say. I don't watch it. I wouldn't be able to tolerate it. But it is apparent that the same standards that exist over at PMS NBC, where you can have all kind of outrageous racial things being said day in, day out about Republicans, the same kind of standards at ABC, at television. As long as they don't violate the sensibilities of the left, those women, that that gaggle of women over there, are free to say anything they want about anybody. Uh, well, not anybody, because you will recall that Whoopi Goldberg got taken to school when she went after Who did she go after? Who, never mind. N- never mind. But aside from that, Whoopi Goldberg getting taken to school sometime and Joy Behar once in a while having to apologize for something inept that she says, they say whatever they want to say. And this is just the way it is when liberals own the media in America. Hey, Mike, did they actually rerun that episode? 
Because you see, it's, you, you made it sound like maybe you saw that today or like very recently. No, that, no, that... I, I saw okay, it a while okay. back. I've been trying to get on the air to you know bring this out. Listen, uh, like I said, I'm, I don't like anyone talking about my mother, my and my wife. When you're talking about, you start mentioning people's mothers and daughters, you're crossing the line. I don't care who you are. This woman should apologize. That's big time. I don't know where you guys come from, where I come from. That's big time. My blood is boiling right now just talking about it. How dare she come out and compare women, somebody's mother and grandmother, to roaches? I mean, You really, got it, Mike. It, it, Thank you. That is what the left is all about. Sandra in New Jersey wanted to get to you quick. How are you, Sandra? Very well. I just want you to know, James, I think you're a very classy man. I love listening to you every day. I wanted to say quickly a few little things. One, Mark Stein, I'm brokenhearted. You shared that sad news, and I will pray for him that he gets all better, like you say. And, and, and as for Carrie Lake, I'm so glad she'll be on your show. I think I saw on Newsmax on a Greg Kelly's show, I think it was, he showed history of two governors. One had to relinquish his position and give it to the other governor. So it's possible that Carrie Lake can maybe become the governor after all. Never give up. And she's fabulous, and I'm, I'm rooting for her. Well, I think a lot of – look, here's what – Carrie Lake still has an uphill battle, but I am encouraged by the news of today. They are framing it in the press. Oh, Carrie Lake got most of the things that she – in this lawsuit – most of what she wanted was dismissed. Yeah, but the case is going to court. And the governor, supposedly, the governor-elect, supposedly, of Arizona, Katie Hobbs, will have to testify. Now, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. But we take the victories as we get the victories, and this, for sure, is the beginning of a victory. So far, just getting it to court... Remember, the left's contention is that there is never any evidence. Well, apparently there was enough evidence now to force a trial. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, with you here. Bo Snurdy's Rush Hour. Carrie Lake is coming up on WABC Talk Radio 77. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Y'all know what today is, right? I said, do y'all know what today is? Today is Taco Tuesday! Uh, this week, my friends, you can win a signed WABC Music Radio 77 WABC t-shirt from our very own cousin, Brucey. All you have to do, join the WABC VIP Club, download our app, go to wabcradio.com slash VIP. 
It's a great way to become part of the 77 WABC family. Every week we're giving away prizes. To our 77 WABC VIP members, you can go to live experiences, events, celebrity meet and greets. You'll get signed memorabilia, concert tickets, all that and more by becoming a WABC VIP member. And remember, you'll automatically be entered for a chance to win each week's 77 WABC VIP prize when you call. Become a 77 WABC VIP like me. Have access to all the wonderful goodies. Ladies and gentlemen, time is short. Let us go to the woman of the hour, the woman of the year. Carrie Lake. Carrie, how are you? <laughs> wow. that Thank you. I, I'm going to come on your show anytime you introduce me that way. I will introduce well. you that way forever. You have a big victory to talk about today. And I just, Carrie, what the hell? You worked in the media. How do these people come up with headlines? It, I, Carrie Lake, almost everything is gone from, she's bubble. This was an amazing victory that happened. You're going to court. Absolutely. We're taking the first election trial to court in as long as I can remember. And this is a really important case. But, of course, the fake news wants you to think that there's no hope. You, If you even think anything's wrong with our elections, you're crazy. And you can you can tell by the headlines. You know, they, they wanted to make it look like we lost when, in fact, we the people won, and we're going to court tomorrow. And we're going to sit down some of these election uh, folks, their butts on the stand, and question them under oath and get to the bottom of what went wrong in our elections. And I'm, I'm really happy, not for me, this isn't even about one single race for uh, you know running for governor or running for whatever position people are running for. This is about the future of our country. If we don't have honest, secure transparent elections that we believe in, we don't have a country. Everything else we want and need and and strive for as Americans falls on that foundation of secure, honest and transparent elections. And we're we're one step closer to getting to getting that here in this country. Is is it true what I've read that Katie Hobbs will be forced to testify as well? Well, yes, she was on our list to testify, and, of course, she balked and, and threw a complaint into the court and said she didn't want to do it. And my attorneys withdrew their subpoena for Katie Hobbs, not because we're trying to let her off easy, but we only have five hours to prove our case. And to have somebody who's going to stutter and stammer and meltdown, as fun as that would be to watch, and trust me, I would love to watch her completely melt down on the stand. We have five hours to prove our case. and. We're, we're letting her, I don't want to say off the hook, but we're going we're gonna to focus hardcore on the men who ran Maricopa County elections, these so-called Republicans whose number one political goal was to take me out, so much so that they started a super PAC to take me out. And they were running our elections. So we're putting them um, under oath tomorrow, giving Katie a little bit of a pass because we don't think her saying uh, 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 on, on the stand is going to help us. And uh, oh. we're, we're going to spend that five hours proving our case in court. Now, let us just go. I, I don't want to gloss over what you said, because this is very important. In most cases of American jurisprudence, 
What people are advised to do, if you work for an entity, I don't care whether it's a government entity or private entity, you are advised to not only avoid wrongdoing, but avoid even the appearance of wrongdoing. You have a situation here where the two people in charge of the election in Maricopa County, which, as you pointed out before, this is the largest county in the state. One of the largest in the country. Right. Second largest, yeah. They opened a super PAC with the sole intention of defeating you, and that is where most of their expenditures went, correct? That's where all their expenditures went. The two men who are in charge of Maricopa County, second largest county when it comes to elections in the whole country, started a super PAC back in July before the primary elections with the sole intent, they said, to bring down anybody who was an election denier. But we came to learn that the expenditures, all of their expenditures went against one candidate. So it wasn't really about all of the election deniers. It was about one, yours truly. And they are the ones who are controlling the ballot, election day, and we have election month here in Arizona. The conflict of interest, it's almost as if they wanted us to know, look, we don't care about your laws and rules. We don't care that it's obvious. In 2020, they had to steal this in the dark of night. 3 a.m., everything flipped around, and we saw things going Joe Biden's way. This time around, that wasn't enough. They had to steal this in broad daylight. $300,000 with no chain of custody. We don't know where they came from. We have whistleblowers attesting to that. We know that two days after Election Day, 25,000 ballots appeared out of thin air. We have a cyber expert who worked for nearly a decade for the company that certifies the machines, election machines, even including the election machines in Maricopa County, telling us there's no way that 59% of polling locations on Election Day could have melted down, basically where the machines weren't working, the ballot printers weren't working, the tabulators weren't working, without intent, without intention to make that happen. This case is so strong. Unfortunately, the judge will not let us present the part of the case where we can show that tens of thousands of mail-in ballots with terrible signatures, no signatures, or chicken scratches uh, were accepted and counted when they should have been tossed out and thrown in the trash. What I would like to see, and what I think what everyone would like to see is for justice to prevail, but since the court did dismiss some of the some of the lawsuit challenges that you raised, will there be some place that good journalists, assuming there are some left, um, and other interested parties can come after this court case has been resolved to see all of the evidence that you wanted to present? Well, if there were any good journalists out there, and there are a few, and some of them have been digging through, we put a 70-page lawsuit together that is airtight. It is so good. And I encourage everybody out there to read it. They can go to SaveArizonaFund.com and read that 70-page lawsuit. It reads like a true crime novel because it is a true crime that happened to We the People. And even though every aspect of it will not be presented at trial starting tomorrow, 
it happened. And I think that good journalists out there should dig into what happened, even the aspects that we won't be presenting at trial. We need to have honest elections. We can't continue to have elections that are shams, that are fraudulent. We think we're picking our elected officials. We're not. The system is picking it for us. And they have a way to do that. And if we don't stand up right now and demand honest, transparent, and fair elections and secure elections, we're not going to have a country much longer because every other important issue of our time rests on the on the fact, well, the, the presumed fact that we do have honest elections when, in fact, right now we don't. Where is the National Republican Party? On this, where are the elected officials of Washington, D.C., the Senate, the other governors' association, Republicans? Where are the people around this country who one would think would be rallying around your cause and supporting it, those in the elected class? It's really shocking because 75% of Republicans show, 75% of the people who showed up on Election Day to vote were our supporters. And they were wronged in in the deepest way. They waited in line for three, four, five hours only to show up and vote, and their vote got cast into a drawer three where they're told it was counted later, only to find out it was mixed in with a bunch of already counted votes and probably never counted. There are so many errors in this election. For any Republican to stand up and, and say, oh, the vote has been counted, your voice has been heard, is lying to you. And so I I tell people, don't donate to the RGA. Don't donate to the RNC. These people are against we the people. What's happening in the Republican Party is a battle royale of the working class, hardworking, patriotic, America-loving individuals who who fought for this country, who will fight for this country, versus establishment folks who want politics as usual. They're appalled. These establishment types are appalled that regular everyday people have stepped into the fold and, and gotten politically active, that mama bears and papa bears and grandmas and grandpas and, and everyday people have said, you know what, I'm tired of what's happening. I'm going to step forward and start voting and getting politically active. They want us to go back to sleep, go back to our lives, and stay the heck out of politics. And that's what this is about. It's a uniparty versus us. And I, I would tell anybody, don't donate. They don't, rec- they don't recognize us. They don't represent us. They rep- recognize and represent the political elite who, in my opinion, is working against we the people. So this is why I'm, I'm such a huge supporter of President Trump. He's, he came down that escalator seven years ago, and the Republican Party was on life support, and he brought us, the people, back into the fold. And I haven't seen any, any candidate, any president, any politician working for we the people like he has. And I believe what happened on November 8th was about pushing Trump out. They stole the election from him in 2020. This, they felt, was was the final nail in his coffin to end his political career and usher in Ron DeSantis, who's a great governor. Don't get me wrong. But Ron is in his 40s. He's got plenty of time. We need President Trump back in the White House to turn this ship around. This ship is heading toward really, really rocky waters. It's heading what is, toward communism for America. What is the relief that you are hoping that the court gives you? Well, it's going to be up to the court. There's a few things they could do. They could set aside Maricopa County. They could do a new election. Or they could set aside a portion of ballots that are deemed to be 
uh, ballots that did not follow the chain of custody and then make a call on who won the election. We know we won the election. I have zero doubt in my mind. We led the biggest political movement this state has ever seen. And we ran against somebody who was a carbon copy of Joe Biden. She hid in her basement. She refused to debate. She didn't talk to, she ran from reporters. She had no policy, literally no policy. And they want us to continue to believe that they can put these worthless candidates like Joe Biden, Fetterman, and Katie Hobbs forward, and they want us to believe that the majority voted for them, don't insult our intelligence. When all is said, when do you expect there to be, of course, I I know you probably don't have a way of knowing this, but when do you expect a ruling on this? Do you think it will happen fairly soon, or will the evidence that you have um, take a lot of time for the court to digest? When do you think with your best guess, we might hear something after tomorrow's proceedings. I'm guessing that by the 26th or 27th, we will have an answer because the way these cases go, I'm told by my attorneys, is there's 10 days to, to take it from start to finish. It moves rather quickly when you're challenging an election. And um, we're expecting to have an, uh, some sort of a judgment by the judge before the first of the year. That's our time. In fact, that's our time for the show. Carrie Lake, we sure do appreciate you making time for us. We want to stay in touch with you. This is the most important election case in our history, folks. Do not doubt it. Carrie Lake, thank Thank you for standing up. Thank you for putting yourself out there for all the abuse that you have to take and standing strong in spite of it. Thank you. I won't stop, and we will continue to take this as far as we need to to get free, fair, secure, and transparent elections. That's it, folks, for James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley Today, Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We will catch up with you tomorrow. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow at 4. See you then. Bye. Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.